This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone because individually we're great, but together we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian software. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, I'm Oliver Condit, the editor of BBC Music Magazine, and welcome to the BBC Music Podcast. You can buy a copy of the magazine at your local newsagents or download our app to your iPad, Kindle Fire or Android tablet. And for the latest music news and more, head to our website at classical-music.com. This week, we've gathered together members of the BBC Music Magazine team for First Listen, a monthly slot where members of the magazine editorial team chat about and rate an important new release. With me in the BBC Music Studio today are Jeremy Pound, the Deputy Editor, Rebecca Franks, our Reviews Editor, and Rosie Pentreath, our Online Editor and Staff Writer. Hello. Hello. This month we've been listening to a recording on the San Francisco Symphony Orchestra's own label of Ben Stein's West Side Story, recorded live by the San Francisco Symphony under Michael Tilson Thomas, and featuring soloists including Alexandra Silber as Maria and Cheyenne Jackson as Tony. So... Are we feeling pretty towards this new recording? Or, much like its protagonists, Mary and Tony, is it a tragedy waiting to happen? So before we talk about this recording, let's hear an extract from G. Officer Krupke. Oh, there is good. There is good. 
that was an extract from G. Officer Krupke. Jeremy, this is a uh, very well-known uh, musical or opera stroke musical, but uh, have the forces here captured the magic of the Broadway stage? Well, I've broken my golden rule here is that I always get infuriated by other critics who take a benchmark recording, as they love to call it, and judge everything by that. But I've grown up listening to the original Broadway cast recording, and I still have it and I still adore it. And so I've been in that terrible position of judging everything by that. There's some things which I absolutely love about this recording. I think the San Francisco themselves, the players, are absolutely on cracking form, and some of the orchestral sounds are actually totally thrilling. However, it doesn't quite have the sassiness and the sort of... doesn't feel quite as much like a drama to me as the actual original um, Broadway cast recording. recording. It sounds much more like a performance than it was on stage. I wonder sometimes whether it knows what it is, whether it's an opera. You know, these big orchestral forces playing, you know, brilliantly, symphonically with with a conductor who knows his operatic repertoire inside out, um, with singers who have been brought together from the Broadway stage, clearly musical, musical singers. Um, I, I wonder if the hybrid is just doesn't quite work, Rebecca. Yes, I would agree, actually. And I think because this has been taken from live concert performances, so I guess the kind of the USP of this is it's a complete concert performance. We get to hear almost all of the music, almost every note he's written, bar on scene changes, that kind of thing. Um, So you do get the fantastic orchestral playing. But I found that it, it generally does feel quite safe and there's without that sort of sense of urgency or the grit or the bite that you get... um, Again, to use the sort of benchmark recording of the Broadway recording. Um, having said that, there are lots of things that I, I think were, were great about this. Rosie, it is brilliantly sung and performed, though, isn't it? Yes, exactly. Um, I thought the level of performance and the um, having the Broadway singers did it brought, brought some of that sass to it. Again, not not all of it. Um, also, I think it was interesting in some interviews. Um, Tilson Thomas has said, you know, this is not a Broadway performance. We'd like to. This is something different, and we'd like it to be our own thing. And perhaps, you know, Ollie, you said that perhaps it doesn't know itself, but perhaps it could could be seen as something completely different. Um, also, some a lot of the um, Broadway singers were excited to do it with the orchestra, and also bring their very own sort of characters to the their very own personalities to the characters. Well, I suppose it's interesting. Bernstein conducted his own version with um, with Jose Carreras and Kiri Takanawa, which was the, the operatic, <laughs> yeah. say, a version of it. So, you know, as you say, is it, is it musical theatre? Is it opera? Which way Which way is it? Is it going? Mm. And I think, um, if anything, that kind of represents Bernstein himself, his place, and perhaps the musical's place. You only have to watch Carreras, though, in the, in the film of that production struggling with it to know that <laughs> there was a, there was someone who was a, com- a fish completely out of out of his out of water yeah yes. I, I i completely agree i mean i i think before we before we carry on we should hear an extract from tonight which um includes uh, quite a lot of the of, of the um of the ensemble um including uh, maria and tony i'm counting on you to be there tonight when diesel wins it fair and square tonight that Puerto Rican uncle go down and when he's altered uncle will tear up the town so I can count on joy the ride we're gonna have us a ball alright sperm to worm see you there about eight Tonight, we're gonna jazz it tonight. We're gonna dance it tonight. 
So that was an extract from tonight. What I did find about some of the solo singing was that um, it was very earnest and it was very brilliantly done. The inflections were there. I found, though, that it was almost as if everyone had underlined their script, knew exactly what to do, um, knew exactly where to shout, knew exactly where to laugh, knew exactly where to exhort, if you like. And and I found it a little bit wearing after a while. I I felt sometimes it was a little bit of a hyperbole. And singing, the singing is not ugly enough at times. That's my real problem with it. Yeah, There's I a agree. nice little quote, actually, which is in the booklet of the, of the disc itself, which says, talks about the original production, saying, a profoundly moving show that is as ugly as the city jungles and also pathetic, tender and forgiving. And there's not that much of the ugliness about it. You, Again, sorry to refer back to the original cast, Broadway cast performance, but in America, the sopranos in America are actually quite raucous. They're actually quite shrill at times. And it works brilliantly, whereas here, the, yeah. the, the harmonies are brilliant. You can hear absolutely everything beautiful. Beautifully, but it doesn't quite capture the spirit. I've exactly written down, written that down about America. It's also it's very careful tempo, very staid. It's Everything far too staid. It's really slow, and everything's so neatly placed. But it's just, where's the life? Where's the heart of it? Well, Ollie says when when they make a when they make a point in America as well. You can t- you, they are really expressing that point, and you can you actually you can hear the laugh from the from the audience at one point. And maybe there was a bit of action which you're missing, but all the same, it does sound a little bit mannered at times. And actually, it's funny you should mention the live performance because you don't really get much from the audience at all. You don't get the applause at the end. You don't get the the sense that this was a, a sort of a magical one-off. Because Even actually, there were several the, performances, but if you read the live reviews, they were ve- you know it did get very good live reviews. So I do wonder if perhaps some of that live magic has been ironed out yeah. somehow. <laughs> should, we, should we hear an extract from America? Um, because it goes to prove that point quite well, I think. So that was an extract from America, from Bernstein's West Side Story. Um, it was quite slow, wasn't it? What you notice, though, is that at the very end of it, um, Tilson Thomas, he actually accelerates just a tiny little bit once the singing is finished. And you think, why didn't he have the rest of it at that tempo? I've no idea why he has that little accelerando just at the very end. Um, it's, it's a strange decision. Do you know, it's, fu- it's, it's funny because when you see that film that you were referring to of uh, Bernstein and um, Jose Carreras, you, you really see a man who, who can get so much from his singers, you know, by being complete, you know... <laughs> but he's but, but he's a very difficult man, and the singers really respond to him, and 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 you know that you know okay he uses the stick instead of the carrot, but you wonder whether Michael Tilson Thomas could use a bit more of the stick sometimes and really yeah. get some more emotion from his singers. Mm, I felt yeah with the singers, but also the orchestra. I didn't feel it. I, again, I, I said it was really good performing. I think it is. It's perfect, like we've been saying for some very some very lovely moments, but. Um, it feels like they're sitting in their chairs as orchestral players, not, you know, down in a, a dirty old pit, um, following cues, having to listen out to the stage, having to kind of... I mean, obviously, they would have been slightly, but there's a very different kind of feel being in the pit orchestra and being 
from a different background, probably a pit musician playing in all different kinds of shows. And I feel, yeah, we do miss that. And it's also perhaps hard in a way to get the film out of your mind, the 1961 film, um, which obviously the dramatic and uh, dramatic aspects then of this and and the choreography are so crucial um to the show and obviously you're not going to get that on a on a cd on a on a concert recording but it's i guess as well there's the kind of the ghost of that with that you're always comparing it to so what what about tony and maria jeremy how did you feel that they um how did you feel their chemistry Worked actually for them for me they were kind of two of the to the high points. He's got a lovely voice as Tony's. I'd love to hear him in more stuff. Actually, it's kind of really smooth, um, gorgeously toned. And she was quite good as well. There's a, there's one moment at the end in the when she has the duet with Anita at the end where the kind of her voice really blooms at its very best. And it's absolutely gorgeous. Um, having mentioned Anita, actually Anita for me I thought was one of the one of the cast members who could do is just that little bit more roughness and sassiness. You need to hear it's kind of someone who's been really sort of kind of had a, had a hard time of life, and you don't really get that in in this here. But I thought I thought Maria and Tony were, were very sound actually. I also wanted to mention as well. I thought there was um, in in somewhere the singer Julie Bullock who just sings who sings that bit. Um, I thought she had a beautiful voice actually, and that really had. I think she's from an operatic background rather than a musical theatre background, but she that brought a kind of different different voice to the mix, um, and I thought she kind of stood out as well. So I think it's time for some scores. Um, Jeremy, what are you going to give this out of ten? As I say, I I did actually enjoy it. I I, I will listen to it quite a lot more because um, I particularly like the orchestral playing, which I thought was very rich. And I thought sonically, it's a it's a lovely listen. Um, however, it didn't quite match one to other recordings I've got. So I'm going to go for seven. Rosie. Well, as a kind of lovely standalone thing, um, and also with the nice booklet that has um, kind of exclusive interviews and lots of information, I'm going to give it an eight. And also for the high level of playing, I'd like to give this a seven. Um, Lots of lovely playing, uh, but for me it didn't quite match up to the, the Broadway recording, and that's probably the recording I would return to. Uh, that was Rebecca and me. Well, I um, I enjoyed it very much, and this is a recording probably that I will come back to. Um, however, I didn't feel that... I didn't feel it stuck with me as much as I hoped it would. Um, I thought it was all beautifully played, I thought it was beautifully performed, but I didn't feel it had that grit for me. Um, I'm going to be a bit harsher and give it a six, I'm afraid. But that does give it an average of seven, so we're giving this recording seven out of ten. So that brings us to the end of this month's first listen. Join us next month when we'll be getting together once more to discuss another major new recording. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to this BBC Music Magazine podcast, which was produced in our Bristol studio by Jack Fletcher. For more of our podcasts, visit our website at classical-music.com or simply head to iTunes.